This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You're listening to TGI Sports Talk with your host, Keith Angle, on Northeast Streaming Sports. TGI Sports Talks, College Football Huddle. How are you all tonight? We are about 60 days, I believe. On Saturday, maybe. Away from college football. I think the first game is Northwestern. Maybe Northwestern and, and Notre Dame in Dublin. Not sure about that. I'll have to check the schedule. But good evening, everybody. Welcome, everybody, watching live on Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, we'll be tomorrow. You'll see us on uh, Roku. We're moving the time of that, by the way, uh, to 1230 to 2 on uh, Thursdays on Roku. And just so you know, this show, at least until the season starts, We'll also replay on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the following week at 11.30 a.m. on Roku. And then when the season starts, we'll have to figure that whole replay thing out. Because as I told our leader, Mac McGrath, on Northeast Streaming Sports, where this show also airs. We thank the network for all they support us with. Um, you know, we can't do three replays of a show that aired before the games started on the weekend. Or games were played on the weekend. So we'll figure that all out. Also, uh, while we're talking about it, uh, get those Roku devices downloaded because we have a new show that is Roku exclusive. And there's other shows that are going to be Roku exclusive on Northeast Streaming Sports, uh, Roku app. Uh, the one I'm referring to, though, is Start It Up with myself and Mac McGrath every morning at 6 a.m. So now, uh, you know, I'm up even earlier than I used to be so that I can prepare for that show, prepare for work. And uh, my wife believes I'm nuts, but we're having fun with it. We've got three days under the, our belts and we've had a lot of fun in the mornings, myself and Mac recapping all the sports action from the previous day and night. Um, and some of the big stories, obviously that we'll tackle on further shows and dive into deeper, uh, similar to what we do here on Wednesday evening. So everybody welcome. Let's see who's with us so far. Excuse me. Gosh, Rick Sherlock, good morning. How are you? Uh, I did see the ACC changes. We'll be talking about that tonight. The, the change in uh, it'll take place in 2023. Uh, no divisions. Uh, three, five, five scheduling where they get three uh, rivalry opponents, if you will, that they'll play every year and then they'll rotate the other. Uh, there are five every year, and then they will also have four uh, slots for non-conference games. A lot of, a lot of uh, uh, Pac-12 is already gone there. Big 12 is pretty much already there. 
Um, the scheduling is a little bit different. SEC, the Big Ten are, are uh, considering it. So there's lots to talk about there. Good evening, Alan. Good to have you here. And Alan will be with us for the full show. How about that? Good to have you, Alan. Glad it worked out for you tonight. I have got a serious problem because I left my water <laughs> somewhere other than my uh, studio desk. So you'll have to forgive me. It could be a lozenge night and uh, a lot of cough button. So forgive me <laughs> while I uh, suck on this. Excuse me. Anyway, good to have you guys with us. We're going to talk about, as I said, the Big 12. Uh, I didn't say that, actually. Big 12's got a new commissioner, and certainly uh, they're thinking outside the box, uh, as some other conferences have recently. Talk more Mike. Uh, I'm sorry, we'll talk more Arch Manning, and what, an, what a positive effect he's had on Texas in just a handful of days. Mike Leach gets an extension. We'll talk that ACC uh, news that I talked about. Um, we'll take your topics as well and your questions, so don't be afraid to, to speak up. And there's some other news to kind of talk about as well, and we'll see where we go from here. Oh, gosh. Anyway, where do we want to start tonight? Let's start in the Big 12, actually. Actually, well, you know what, Alan, you're going to be here for a bit. I'm going to start with the ACC because I feel like this is a bigger story. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and since Rick brought it up first, so we'll let him, uh, we'll let him lead it off. So as I said, the ACC starting in 2023, will drop the divisions, which has already happened in back 12. I think it's happening this year, or maybe they're doing it in 2023. I'd have to check that out. But this is a huge change because, you know, these, uh, and I'm sure this was, there was a lot of work done on this and we'll look at some of these, uh, permanent rivalries uh, that each team will have three of. And I'm not really sure of the, uh, you know, what the reasoning behind this is. You know, Clemson, for instance, has got Florida State, which makes sense, Georgia Tech and North Carolina State every year. The rest of the conference, will they'll rotate with. So, again, you know, they'll play – They'll play the rest of the teams in the conference, which would be who? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's how old I am. I need my list. So they play Wake Forest. They would play Louisville. They would play Syracuse. They would play Boston College. They would play Miami, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, Virginia, North Carolina, and Duke every other year. So five of them one year, obviously five the next. So. You see how well I did that math. I, my Perth education is coming into play already tonight. Hey, let's look at some of the other conference. Uh, where the heck my uh, there it is. Uh, well, it, you know, I don't. I, is this a good thing or not? Miami. I have an allegiance on Miami, and Alan, you can speak up. I don't think. And Alan mentions they're scrapping uh, the Pac-12 is scrapping the divisions this year. I thought so. Um, I don't know that they've gone to this three-five-five format though. If they have, um, in fact, I'll check it before we're done here. I'm not sure I like it to be honest with you. Um, no, we're going to need to mute that. Hold on a second. Um, 
forgot. I mean, think about this. Miami's rivals, I mean, Florida State makes sense. Boston College and Louisville. Now, and I guess because it, it goes back to the Big East, uh, Big East thing, but I mean, wouldn't they, wouldn't Clemson, wouldn't you want to see Clemson and Miami every year? If this is about getting the best matchups, which theoretically it's been explained to me that it is. So if these conferences can, can, can uh, leverage the best matchups, you know, if I'm the ACC, I think I can do better for Clemson than, than Florida State, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina State every year. I want to see my best matchup. But then they're going to say, well, that's not fair. I mean, think about when the SEC starts to do the same thing. I mean, Auburn and Alabama have to play every year. You'll probably end up, I don't know what you'll end up with. Um, you know, as far as favorites in the SEC or the Big Ten, there's going to be some big choices to make for some of these schools. And I don't know exactly how the the determination is being done of how this is done. I'm sure the schools have some kind of input. But I don't know if this is such a good thing or not. Let's see what they talk about in his, this quick article, see what I can find. So the new scheduling, they say it preserves many of the league's traditional rivalries with Clemson, Florida State. I get that. Florida State, uh, Miami, uh, NC State, UNC, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Those are all important rivalries to maintain. I agree with that. And they will play every year. But the shakeup does disrupt some other notable rivalries, such as North Carolina State and Wake Forest who have played every year while playing in the same division. Now they'll play every other year. And they, they've, they've developed quite a, a rivalry since these divisions were uh, put into play. And you get some teams that have, you know, at least today, what would perceive to be easier schedules because of their permanent rivalries. Than others, Pittsburgh, for instance, you know, has BC, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech, who've combined to win just thirty-eight percent of their Power Five games during the playoff era. Now, Virginia Tech's got a pretty good history in football. So does Syracuse, quite frankly, until until the Big East went away. Again, all the problems it's seen. How many? How many of the problems that we talk about weekly? and teams that have had issues are because of realignment. I mean, the original wave of realignment that really swept the Big East out of uh, existence, because we talked a lot about, you know, Nebraska going to the Big Ten and Texas A&M coming to the, to the Southeast Conference. But the Big East was hurt worse than anybody because there is no more league. They disbanded and everybody tried to find a safe haven. West Virginia still has a horrible fit with the Big 12, right? How, how, is, how is West Virginia playing in the Big 12? Uh, you know, Syracuse, it started with Syracuse and uh, Pittsburgh leaving for, uh, actually, I think BC left first to go to the ACC. And then Syracuse and Pittsburgh left very shortly thereafter. 
And it was a basketball move in their case. I mean, most of these other um, realignment issues were football related, but the eighth, the Big East dismantling was because these schools went for a safer haven for their basketball schools. And that didn't work out well for basketball or football. Because look at where these schools have been. Where, where have they been since this realignment? Syracuse, terrible. Pittsburgh, they won the ACC last year, but they've been, they've been mediocre at best most years. BC, same thing. And it's sort of in basketball, too, because they don't have any of their natural rivalries. I mean, Pittsburgh and BC are irrelevant now that they're playing in the ACC. Syracuse still has some relevancy. But it, 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 it you know, it has not worked out. UConn gets killed. I mean, UConn had a good football team. 2010, they were in a Fiesta Bowl, folks, Twelve, only 12 years ago. Now they don't even have a league. They tried to go play in the American Conference, and for the sake of their basketball school, their basketball program, they left the American, came back to the Big East in basketball, which left the football team in limbo. And now they're one of the worst Division I football teams out there, FBS teams out there. I mean, they lost to UMass last year. What's the chance? Uh, I think we talked about this, right? There, there's a very good chance. Um, When you think about it, Alan, I mean, hopefully not, but uh, Oklahoma, I mean, Nebraska and Oklahoma went away every year. That was a big rivalry. They'll maintain probably their Red River rivalry with Texas as they're both moving to the SEC. But again, I don't know. SEC goes to this scheduling model. I would assume Texas and Oklahoma would be permanent rivalry uh, games. But let's just assume they go to this three-five-five model, right? There's going to be 16 teams in, in the ACC. So there's going to be three teams that I don't know that they can go to three-five-five and still be able to play four non-conference games because they need to play 15 teams, not 11. Or 13 in the ACC's case. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, they'd only play if they alternated. You're right. Let's see. So it'd be three. No, it'd be the same thing, I guess. Three, five, five. So it would leave four non-conference games. So they'd have plenty of room. But again, we talk about this all the time. The SEC schools and, and Rick will probably, you know, and Carlos always jump all over me. <clears throat> When it comes to non-conference games in the SEC, they don't go out and schedule <clears throat> Oklahoma State's. Maybe one really good non-conference game, but the other three are going to be cupcakes. So will they maintain that? I, I hope they do for, 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 uh, for the sake of that rivalry, for the sake of college football, not losing every traditional rivalry known to man. I mean, God. What do you got here? Sorry. Getting off track here. This is getting me like the Sunday stream of consciousness here. The blow up the Big East hurt a lot. It hurt every school involved 
UConn the worst. It hurt them, and it hurt them in multiple sports. I mean, maybe some of the the non, you know, I don't know how to say this without offending people, so I'll just say it. The really important sports, I'm sorry, are college football and basketball. Every Big East team got hurt in this in this blow up. You can't tell me that one of these teams is in a better situation. Maybe Rutgers, believe it or not. I mean, Rutgers at least made it to the Big Ten. Um, I think I saw something here. Let me try to find it real quick. Do I still have that up? I was reading something earlier before we came on. That's not it. That's not it. I thought I might still have it up here. There was a rank. There was a story about how these schools had fared. Uh, I guess not. Maybe I'll find it before we're done here. There was an article about how these schools had fared uh, since the Big East blew up, and who really did had made out the best. <laughs> and uh, Rutgers was near the top because, again, they haven't played necessarily very well, but. They've, they've probably made out better than most because financially they do better in the Big Ten. And, and they may be making a comeback. I, I got a lot of faith in, in Gary uh, uh, Greg Schiano and what he can do at Rutgers. Uh, he's failed in other places, but uh, Greg Schiano turned Rutgers around one time, and he could do it again. Now, they were in the Big East then. I can't read this one, so we're going to put it up. If Georgia and Georgia Tech is a thing – then it shouldn't be a problem to keep Bedlam. Well, they do still play every year, right? I mean, but again, don't forget, they have not changed the scheduling model yet in the SEC. When they do, Georgia can only have three traditional rivals. Now, I don't think you're going to take Florida. And, Rick, I'd love you to weigh in on this. If this were the case in the SEC – What would Georgia two do? Who would be their natural? Who would be their three permanent rivals? Now I wouldn't think they're all going to be the hardest games. I mean, that'd be crazy, right? If they took Alabama, LSU. Let's just say they took Alabama, LSU, Florida. That'd be stupid. On uh, uh, you know, I, again, I don't know who makes the decision, the final decision. But again, I'm sure the schools have some input on who they want to play. With Georgia, Florida's got to be one of them. Who else would you say, Rick? <laughs> I'd almost say Alabama, but I don't think they play Alabama every year now unless it's in the championship game. South Carolina. I'm going to go out and limb and say Auburn, Florida. Kentucky. It's an interesting question. I hope Rick does. I hope Rick weighs in here on this before we move on. Sorry, my. I don't know what's going on in my comments. I can't quite get them all to come up here. So, Rick, if you're posting, I'll see it eventually. Hoping things move away. I don't know why I can't see those last couple comments. Hopefully, there's nothing there. So anyway, you know, I, I, I would be shocked now that the NCAA has made their ruling 
and they'd already made a ruling, I guess, that uh, you had to have, uh, first of all, you had to have uh, more than 12, 10 teams to have divisions. For a while, they wouldn't let the Big 12 play a championship game because they didn't have two divisions because they didn't have enough teams to have two divisions. Now they've changed the 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 the, the landscape altogether, and you don't have to have divisions to play a, a national championship game. They've given a waiver to the, the Big 12, and now everybody will be able to partake in this. And that's and hence the scheduling. So, I mean, think about it. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, Alabama's another one. Who would they go with? And again, I guarantee you Big Ten and, and, and uh, SEC will be right behind these two schools. If not in 23, then probably in 24. Who does Alabama make their three permanent rivals? We'll look at the Big Ten in a second. Look at and if there's some schools you're interested in. And Alan, I would like to know the the, the formula for scheduling in the Big Twelve. Maybe I'll I can look it up here quick. Let's see what we got here for comments. There's Rick. Definitely Alabama. That's a good point. Now the Kirby's there. It's a natural rivalry, but you know that's a tough game to put on your schedule every year. Um, when you're also going to put Florida on there and Florida, you know, Florida, I don't, I'm not sure uh, Florida's days as a uh, major power may be coming to an end. They're having some trouble with, with recruiting. There's already, you know, people up in arms about Billy Napier and the failure of the recruiting this year. So maybe Florida wouldn't be, you know, this huge, uh, battle every year for Georgia, but you know uh, Florida is going to be one of those teams, Rick. I mean, the largest cocktail outdoor cocktail party in the country. Allen, let's see who Allen thinks. Georgia, you'd say Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee. Not a bad choice, but I think Rick's right. I do believe that the SEC is going to want Alabama in there every year. Alabama, Georgia, every year. Or there's no sense of doing this. Georgia and Georgia Tech was a big rivalry for 100 years before they you – know, well, that's true. Tech, Tech's been terrible now for five years or so. But they do still play each other, I believe, every year. And I got to believe that rivalry would probably go away. But, again, they'll have four non-conference games. It all depends on how these schools want to – want to uh, schedule they want to schedule cupcakes so they got four easy wins and and kind of uh um you know soften soften their schedule because and get to 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 <laughs> uh so they aren't all beat up for the wars that they have to fight in conference in the sec i know that's uh, everybody's argument about why we get so many cupcakes for alabama and for georgia and for the rest don't get me wrong Big 12 is a round robin. Every team plays each other. Uh, every year, though, do they play every year? I don't think they can. Oh, there's only 10 teams, right? They can't do that when there's 14 teams next year, uh, Alan. So they're going to have to change their format, too. <clears throat> Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, ten teams. So they play nine. Con- they can do that. Simple round robin. You got ten teams. You can do it. You got twelve teams. You can't do it. You got fourteen teams. Like you're going to have next year. You can't do it. 
And you're going to be back to 12 eventually. So scheduling will change in the Big 12 as well. Unless you're not going to play everybody every year. You could do that. You could still do a round robin and, you know, whatever. You drop a team. A team could fall from the rotation. But then you might go then you might go many, many other years. Uh, it, it's got to change, right? There's no way there's a round robin with 12 teams. You're not going to play 11 conference games. You're certainly not going to play 13 conference games. So you're looking at some kind of change. It can't be a simple round robin after this year. And again, you're going to see it everywhere. And is it a good thing? I don't know. Who the heck knows? But it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And you know, we can we can pick this apart. I mean, if you want, it's, if you guys want to look at other teams and who they're. Let's look real quick at the Big Big Ten, just for for uh, giggles. Who would who would the, uh, the the big boys be playing there? You know, Ohio State, and Michigan are playing every year. We know that Michigan, Michigan State. And so the question is, where does Michigan go with their last game? I got to believe they're going to take one of the weaker sisters every year. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they go with an Iowa. Ohio State's got Michigan. Ohio State might have Wisconsin. I don't know who else Ohio State goes with. I mean, somebody's got to play Rutgers in Maryland, right? <clears throat> so, anyway, it's going to be kind of interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not sure we really care enough to get into this any further. But let's uh, – let's. oh, by the way, I want to give a shout-out to uh, uh, our, our, our uh, group of the week, by the way which is uh, today the Community of Sports, uh, another group that supports TGI Sports Talk uh, tremendously, <clears throat> allows us to share all our shows. Um, we get good feedback. We get good viewership from there. And this group is run by uh, some really good guys over there. Uh, Blaine, uh, Blaine Ramey is uh, one of the admins. Michael Morales is one of the admins. And Zach Bedwell is one of the admins. So they do a great job over there. And Barry Bob, I think, is one of, uh, is possibly one of the admins as well. I'm not sure about that. So, you know, so I, that's our call out tonight, by the way, which I've neglected to do at the top of the show, is the community of sports. So check it out. And I like to push these groups because they do well for me, and I want to try to help them uh, increase their membership. So these are all good uh, places to go. I can't see these last comments. I'm trying my best here, Alan. Uh, Purdue for Ohio State. That's probably a good call. Yeah, Purdue. Purdue would be a good one for Ohio State. Um, you know, I just, I just don't know. There's gonna be people upset when these, uh, when these schedules come out, when these schools go this direction, and all the Power Power Five will be here at some point soon. <clears throat> Let's switch gears a little bit. What do you got here, uh, Alan? Uh, you're an admin there, too? How come I don't see you on there, Community of Sports? I know you post there all the time. Uh, where are you, Alan? Can't find you. Well, listen, I apologize for not. Uh, there you are, Alan Perales. Excuse me. I didn't scroll down far enough. 
right above Barry Bob. <laughs> Alan, I apologize greatly. So hope you let, let your guys know that uh, you were the highlighted group uh, this week on the community. Uh, I'm sorry, on the college football huddle. Uh, you guys have done a great job starting to build that community. And uh, I'd love to help you keep doing it. So we'll, we're going to, we've done a call out the last four or five weeks. Um, and uh, we're going to continue to do this on a weekly basis. So, and I'll try to, I want to try starting to fit it in on uh, some of the other shows too, because I belong to so many groups uh, that I want to make sure everybody gets, gets in and it'll take forever to do it on one show. Let's, uh, I actually, I put this, uh, I put this uh, banner up before uh, this this hire was actually official. The Big 12 has made their call, and I'm sure that Alan's going to want to uh, comment here. The Big 12 has made their call on a new commissioner to, to replace Bob uh, Bowlesby, and it's Brent Brett Yormack, who most recently has been a CEO of COO and previously the uh, co-CEO of Rock Nation Unified, which uh, it's a licensing, uh, a global licensing division within the agency that, uh, and it's Jay-Z's Rock Nation, by the way. So it's very interesting that he's coming. He's also had affiliations with the with uh, the Brooklyn uh, Nets at one point. Um, he, he's, he's a well-rounded guy as far as what he's had his fingers in in his career. And I think this is, I think uh, since last season ended, I want to say, so we got to know we have a new NCAA head coming in with Michael Emmert stepping down. I think four of the commissioners have changed, and my screen keeps going on and off here. Jesus. So many problems lately. I tell you, I need an AV guy. Where's Buck Buchanan when I need him, Rick? He was our uh, <laughs> go-to AV guy. I don't know who you guys had. You're a little ahead of me, so Buck may not have been your guy's guy. But I can't see my screen, but it's flashing right. It's going to give me an epileptic fit here in a second. Uh, anyway, I think I think there's been at least three of the Power Five conferences have changed uh, commissioners. And two of them have gone with people outside of the college football community, let's say which isn't the norm. And he's got some challenges facing him now with, with teams leaving, teams coming. Uh, he's run entertainment events at Barclay Center for a while as well, yes. And I think he had some affiliation. Maybe maybe I was wrong. I may have read Barclays and thought it was the Nets, but I thought uh, Adam Silver, I know, spoke very highly of him uh, as well. Um, but he's not the only, as I say, um, he's not the only Power Five commissioner with a background outside of college sports. Uh, the new Big Twelve commissioner uh, had been serving as president of entertainment uh, and sports for MGM Resorts International since 2018. Uh, so you know this is not. I think these I think these conferences are starting to think outside the box, and it's not just a football uh, focus; it's an entertainment focus. And how do we? They, how, you know, how do we negotiate for better TV contracts? I mean, how much? I don't know how much more we can can uh, go <laughs> with what the SEC is going to get from ESPN starting in 2024. But it's going to be interesting. Buzz, you know, Bosby. <clears throat> I'm sorry. 
uh, Bowlesby did, I think, did a really good job. I think he was appointed in 2012 during that first wave of, of uh, realignments that we talked about. You know, and he had to deal with some departures like Nebraska and Missouri and Colorado, Texas A&M, all left that year. And he did a good job bringing in uh, TCU. West Virginia, as I said, I think has always been kind of a weird fit there. Um, but they were able to maintain, you know, their their status as a Power Five conference, you know, which was up in the air um, when he came in, whether they were going to be able to maintain that status, similar to what <laughs> what they had to deal with this coming year. Or, or I should say in the coming years when Oklahoma and Texas left, there was a big question about whether they were going to maintain their status as a power five conference. Did a great job, I think, with bringing in BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. You could not have done better than that, I don't think. I mean, you weren't going to get Big Ten schools to come there. What we got here? Making his homemade, <laughs> uh, making his homemade food and snacks. Louis, yes, Louis Stilato is the AV guy. Come on, yes, he was. I think I do remember as a kid that being the case. You know, I, I'm trying. I'm not trying to disparage the AV uh, clubs of America by any stretch of the imagination. Or I'd have better luck here myself if I had been part of the AV club, probably. It's about building a media outlet. You know what? And that's part of the problem. You know what, Alan? You got you bring up a great point. And it's fine. I'm sure that this guy will do a tremendous job. <clears throat> but we're more concerned with building media outlets than building football conferences. <clears throat> that's the problem with all of this. This is the this is what's led to all of the realignment. This is what's led to, and if this thing doesn't start flashing, stop flashing, guys, you're going to see me freak out here in a second. I do not know what's going on, and it's ticking me off like you have no idea. Hold on. All right, let's try that. Excuse me. I've had this problem for two days, and it's really ticking me off. And anyway, this this is the problem. Let's concentrate on on good football. And all we care about is TV contracts. That's why we don't have an expanded playoff because of TV. That's why we got all this realignment because of TV. It most likely is part of the reason we have the NIL uh, and then the transfer portal that we have now. Maybe I'm blaming too much on media outlets. Yeah. Go into a streaming service. So, Alan, do you want to pay to watch Oklahoma play every week? I mean, already. I mean, most of the big game. Look at the TV landscape is about to change in sports altogether. ESPN's getting um, the SEC in 2024. They're getting that 330 window. I mean, they already have some SEC games, right? But <clears throat> they're getting that 330 window that CBS has had forever. My favorite game of the week, even though I'm not, a, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it was about the production and it was about see, hearing, hearing Vern Ludquist every 
Saturday at 3.30. wasn't always about the teams. I didn't even care who played. That's about to change. When ESPN gets it, do not be shocked when some of these games end up on ESPN Plus and you're paying $6.99 a month for it. I know it's not a lot of money. It is to some people. When you're used to this being free and, and you may have to pay for for uh, you may have to pay for ESPN plus, you may have to pay for Amazon, you may have to Amazon Prime, you may have to pay for Peacock to be able to watch all these these uh, games. Some of the some of the uh, Notre Dame games last year ended up on Peacock already. Maybe a Boise State would have been fun to have in the Big 12. They probably would have been. That, that would have been a good selection, you know, as good as any of the four they brought in, in my mind. It's a good football school. Um, you know, but I think they got the four teams that they wanted. I mean, they did go. Again, we already said West Virginia is a weird fit for the Big 12. or the Yeah, the Big 12. Uh, <laughs> UCF is even a, a bigger oddball as far as region they're not going to have any regional rivals at all i mean is it, it's not going to matter Who, who's going to be their permanent rivals when they got to go to this schedule it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens and i listen you ucf by the way is a sleeping giant do not sleep this witness when this school gets to this Power Five conference, <clears throat> by the way, Cincinnati it, 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 goes to my ADD again. Cincinnati may be the school from the Big East that that uh, came out of that breakup of, the, of that league the best. They made their way to the American Conference. They kept Luke Fickle over there. They got Luke Fickle and they kept Luke Fickle. Uh, they got themselves into a. Uh, uh, or not just a conference playoff, but a, uh, a national playoff. They're getting into a Power Five conference now. So of all the schools, both basketball and <clears throat> football, that have probably survived the breakup of the Big East, you might rank Cincinnati number one. I feel like there's another. There we go. West Virginia, uh, UCF. Well, that's uh, oh, I see. West Virginia, UCF, TCU, Cincinnati makes sense regionally wise, right? But <clears throat> let's just say that's the case. Well, that no, those are pretty good schools. That's a tough. That's tougher for uh, since West Virginia. I mean, travel wise, these teams coming in helps West Virginia a lot. I think, but. Uh, well, you know, no, that well, that's true, but but Rick, you never had the opportunity to watch every Viking game. College football, pretty much, you could find every game for free somewhere. So, if you're an Oklahoma fan, especially the big dogs, right? If you're an Oklahoma fan like, like uh, Allen, you could find your game on somewhere free. Every week. Well, when I say free, you've got to pay for cable, right? So I guess even that's not free. 
the Sunday ticket. See, I won't pay for the Sunday ticket. Um, I will go out and watch my team play, um, which it might be cheaper to have the Sunday ticket, to be honest with you. But I, I just won't. I, I won't pay for the Sunday ticket. Uh, college football is on many channels with DirecTV. They hide the charge as a regional sports, uh, but that's not a. Uh, yeah, it, listen, so you bring up a good point. I get the ACC network as part of my, I have DirecTV uh, streaming. So they've got like 15 Big Ten channels. And they show the same game on every one. Uh, the ACC network is good, and you see some ACC football there, but you don't see the big games there. Um, but what I'm talking about is outside of your main streaming service, you're going to have to do things like you pay for the Sunday ticket, Rick. You're going to have to pay for even more, whether it's professional football, college football, baseball. Look at baseball. Friday nights, who knows where to find the games. Apple's got games. Peacock's got games. By the way, the production and the announcing is horrendous. So if you're not watching it, I don't recommend you do. And that's the way college football is going. That's the way college basketball will go. You're going to pay. <laughs> you're going to get nickel and dime. Everything's going to be a la carte. Now, if you only want Oklahoma, you, got, you only got to pay for whatever streaming service they're on. Hopefully, the, they'll be on the same one all the time, but it's unlikely. Yeah, no, I know. It's, uh... <laughs> so I pay 60 bucks a week instead of, uh... what's 60 bucks a week? What's, what's the package cost now, Rick? 60 times, uh, we count the playoffs, say 20 weeks. 1,200 bucks a year I pay. <laughs> Who's the idiot? Who's the idiot in this picture? That's a rhetorical question too, by the way, Rick. I know, Alan, you got something up here. Hold on. Uh, the only reason I get to watch every Cowboy, that's right. You're, I thought you were an Oklahoma fan. Why do I think Oklahoma State? Why, why, why am I thinking Oklahoma? Uh, no, but you know what, though? You know what? With And I guess I got to pay. So I have ESPN Plus. I mean, I can find any game I want to play. Watch. If you're a Kansas fan, I could probably go find Kansas almost every game they play. But I would have to watch some of those on ESPN Plus most likely. 400. All right. Well, then I wouldn't have as much fun though cuz I'd be home, I'd be stuck home and not able to see my 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 Sunday football boys every Sunday for 20 weeks a year. <laughs> My wife loves that. Uh, it'll depend on the schedule. Like the Nebraska game is going to be noon uh, game on Fox this year. Again, this year. Let's not forget, all of these networks are going to some paid version uh, of their sports casting. ABC's got ESPN, ESPN Plus. CBS has CBS Sports. NBC's got Peacock and NBC Sports Network, all extra costs. Just, just say you had an antenna. Listen, I still watch a lot of antenna TV, guys. I've got, obviously, streaming services up the Yazoo, 
But I got a direct, I've got a uh, satellite, not a satellite, a digital antenna that I get 50 channels on. 50 channels. Now, for sports, it's no good. I've got 6, 10, and 13, and Fox. So NBC, ABC, sorry for you guys who aren't uh, up on the channel designations. I got ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. That's all I got for sports if I want to watch off my digital TV. And there's people out there, if they're off the grid, that's all they have. And there's going to come a time, not in the too distant future, that you're not going to be watching much sports on the uh, the major networks. You're just not. <clears throat> We're getting very close to that now. Hang on. What do you got here? Oh, you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry about that. It's the college football huddle. I thought you were talking about Oklahoma State. We'd like to see less Cowboys up here, Alan, just an FYI. That's all I got, too. Uh, over the air, digital antenna. So you're what, your viewing options are limited, uh, Alan, and you're the guy they're going to hurt. Right? You're not well. Let's say you're you're gonna your team's moving to the SEC. ESPN is going to have exclusive rights to the SEC games starting in 2024. So that game that you get to watch every 3:30 on CBS on your digital antenna, you're not going to get anymore. Or not the SEC game anyway. CBS will probably have football, but it will not be the SEC. You're the guy they're going to hurt. Wasn't my intention to talk that long about that topic, but that's fine. Good stuff. Oh, uh, what do you got? Uh, we've been stuck getting the Browns games because of Baker Mayfield. That stinks. Now we might get Seahawks games. John DeLon is here tonight. <clears throat> John, I'm the same. We got rabbit ears. Rabbit ears still work. I paid $24 for a digital antenna. Yeah, John, if you missed it. It's just a little square um, pad, kind of. It's a, it's about this big. That's it. About that big. I put it on the back of my TV. Now I'm in a good location here in, in East Greenbush, uh, where I really have a good line of sight to the six, or I'm sorry, the four, three, four uh, main broadcasting stations in the local area. So, there's 50 channels, counting PBS, and, you know, they're not all great channels. There's some home shopping stuff on there. There's there's a lot of old school TV, which I watch a lot of. But you also get all the major networks. And believe me, I'll tell you what, the picture on my digital antenna for the, uh, like, the, the networks, better than, better than what I get on the streaming. By far, the picture's pristine. It's good to have that backup, though, right, John? I, you know, I, there's a lot of times I've had to use that. Yeah, it's a flat. I'm just, yeah, so you're probably talking about the same thing I'm talking about, right? And with mine's black and kind of this size, pretty much. Hey, I got it on right now. I got the game. I didn't put the mute on, by the way. You guys are probably listening to the game show network in the background. Buzzer TV, sorry. 70s game shows on all day long. 
Could be worse. You could have your choice of the Jets, Giants in your area. We get a lot of Patriots and Bills, though, now, too. John DeLong, agree, but a lot of SEC football games are, are moving to the SEC network soon. Good point. Uh, but again, extra charge on most cable services, right? You're not getting that with your basic cable or your basic streaming package, right? I, I talked about before that I've got DirecTV uh, streaming. And the basic package wouldn't give me a whole lot more than what I get with my antenna. And there's always one, and uh, so you end up with the top package to be able to get, because there's always one channel you need that's in a package above. SEC network, um, all those regional sports networks are all in the upper echelon. Plus, I play for ESPN Plus so that I can watch the games that get uh, get stuck on there that I that I need to watch sometimes. I have to have the ACC network to watch a lot of the Miami games. It's tough. John, I, I'm going to ask you a question. I, I already had this topic come up, but we'll, since you just came in late, I want to back it up one. We were talking earlier about the ACC dropping the divisions, going to the 355 um, format of scheduling, and it's, gonna, it's inevitable that the SEC and the Big Ten will go there as well. Uh, the Big 12 will have to go there when they go to more than 10 teams next year. <clears throat> Pac-12 is already there. So I posed it to our Georgia fan, and, and Alan also answered uh, uh, for, for a couple of teams in the SEC. You're an LSU fan. Who would be those three permanent rivalries for LSU that they'd want every year? You're not going to get everybody you want. Everybody wants Alabama on their, on their schedule every year. You, no, not everybody can have them. I didn't look at LSU, so I want, I want to back up to this topic for a second. I'm going to move on to Arch Manning in a second. But, John, I, I'll give you who I think. Uh, and, again, I don't know how these – these aren't made just with the school saying, I want this school, this school, this school. I think LSU goes with Florida. I think LSU goes with Georgia. I don't know if that works. I might not have picked LSU for Georgia. <laughs> I might be double dipping. And who else? Old Miss. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, but my point is you've got to pay for it. And I will tell you right now, when ESPN – John, whether you know it or not, I, I think you're smart enough to know this. When ESPN takes over this total package of the SEC, including that 330 window that's on CBS now, you're not getting that game on the SEC network. You're not getting the major – SEC network's a good network, and it's got some good games. And I'm sure you get to see your LSU Tigers on there. But you're not going to see the major – you're not going to see Alabama-Georgia. You're not going to see LSU-Alabama on the SEC network. It's going to be on ESPN. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into the NFL here, guys. Oklahoma is saying it'll be, let's see, you're saying Texas definitely will be Texas. Texas is definitely going to be on Oklahoma's schedule. A&M maybe. And that would make sense. Maybe Arkansas um, 
might swap out A&M or Missouri. That wouldn't be a bad pick. Mini Big 12, that keeps them together. One will be Texas A&M. That's a good, that's a, that's a smart one because the league office has been pushing that game as a rivalry since it started. Ole Miss for sure. I think Florida, right? I like that group. I think Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Florida is probably a good pick for LSU. Now, that means you get to see Alabama every other year, which you probably do now, don't you? Let's see. Which conference? I don't remember which. Uh, no, you see them every year now. So that means you would play Alabama just every other year. I'm curious. Are you okay with that, John? Are you okay seeing Alabama just every other year in this 3-5-5 uh, setup? Because that's what you'd be looking at. What's Rick got here? So um, before I move on, I'll wait for uh, I'll wait for John to answer that question. Oh, we got a delay. I'm going to talk to about that uh, very quickly here, John. Uh, Rick, that's what we're moving on to next. Just want to get John's. Uh... So again, th this whole scheduling thing is going to be. I don't know. I haven't decided yet whether it's a really good thing or it stinks. I think we got John's answer here. I think LSU would prefer Florida, but they'll get uh, Mississippi State. And I'm going to move on, John, but you can put up a comment. I'm curious whether you would be upset not seeing Alabama. Maybe you won't be because, you know, obviously you don't beat them regularly. Sorry. You don't beat Alabama regularly. But So would you be upset not having them as a fan getting to see that type of marquee game? Forget about who wins and loses. Texas gets all those props up just to lose to Kansas in their final year in the Big 12. That, you know what? That's probably not happening. Uh, so the question basically, Jen, with this 355 um, uh, format of scheduling, you get your three permanent rivalries, which you just picked. I'll, I'll give you Ole Miss, Florida, and, and uh, whoever else we said, at Texas A&M. That means, by the way, you're not going to get you're going to get Alabama every other year. And forget about who wins or loses. It's a marquee matchup. Do you care about that? Uh, the main thing that would make him upset is if we got Bama and uh, UAG in the same year. Well, that's a good point. That and that could I don't know again how they'll do this. That would be unfair. Uh, to most teams, but somebody's going to get them in the same year, right? And maybe, you know, that's got to be rotated as well. So anyway, there's a lot of uh, things to figure out in this this scheduling uh, dilemma. So, okay, anyway, let's move on to our next topic. I want to get in because I spent a lot of time on that. I, wanted, I did want to talk about Arch. Whoa, who the heck put that up there? <clears throat> I want to talk about Arch Manning. I want to talk about the Arch Manning effect. I got to be able to type. What do you mean I have an A in Arch? Wow, it's getting worse, guys. Now I need a typer. Let's try this. <laughs> All right, Arch Manning, as we know, made his choice of Texas. Big news, not news today, but big news since we were last on the air. Chooses Texas. 
did it. We knew Arch Manning was going to have a, a, a huge effect on a lot of things. I've talked about it on a weekend shows that I've done um, all weekend when I was on with uh, John, Jack and Mac on Saturday or Sunday. Um, I think Carlos and I talked about it a little bit and on Are You Serious? Arch Manning Man going to Texas is huge. The biggest effect, and I didn't think it would happen this fast. Since Saturday, when this news was broke, or Friday, when this news was broke, broken, seven, seven of the top prospects, top 100 prospects, 2023 recruiting class have committed to Texas, including two of the top wide receivers, which Rick just talked about. One, one was just today to make it uh, to bring in that seventh uh, person. Who was it? Cook. Jonte Cook the second. This has had an effect faster than I thought. I knew it would have a huge effect on the recruiting and a boon to Steve Scarsese. And by the way, Steve Scarsese, boy, why can't I even say this name? I usually don't have that much problem with this name. Sarkazian. Why do I want to put a T in there all of a sudden? Um, He's at least saved his job. If they have a bad year this year, which it could be an iffy year for, for Texas this year. He's he, he's not going to lose his job because they're not going to take a risk at Arch Manning putting himself in the transfer portal before he ever steps foot on campus or putting this recruiting class at, at risk. Now, there's no guarantees any of these kids ever end up at Texas because, you know, these early commitments don't always stay. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have any facts to back this up, but I'll bet you 30% of them, maybe higher, never make it to the campus they commit to. But this is a huge boon for Texas in their recruiting efforts. Not to mention, you know, the boon that it gives Steve uh, Sarkazian and his chances to remain the Texas coach, even if he has a bad year this year. There's no way that kid can live up to the hype. He's sure he can. I mean, what do you think that he has to do? You think he needs to win three national championships to, to live up to the hype? All he's got to do is win a national championship at Texas, and he's done his job. All he's got to probably do is get them in the playoff, and he's done. He's met the hype. I think this is a, a smart move. I, again, if I, I talked about this a few times. If I was Arch Manning and I wanted the best story, because I like stories. I follow college football, yes, I root for the Hurricanes because of marriage and love and marriage. <laughs> and I enjoy it. I enjoy the games. Um, but I like good stories. There'd be no better story than, than Arch Manning going to Ole Miss. But Arch Manning wants to go his own way, and Arch Manning's going to set his own course, and his job will be to get Texas back on the college football map. They've been off that map since two thousand and. Four, five. When they won a national championship with Mac Brown and Vince Young. Even before that, they were off the map for two decades. Arch Manning doesn't have to do much except go there and get Texas into a playoff. He's going to be a high draft pick in three years. 
So, you know, again, can he live up to the hype? He doesn't need to. You know what, Jad? We have no way to know. There's no way to even say that. There's no way I'm going to tell you that Arch Manning's the best quarterback uh, in this class. I tell you, he's a high, most highly sought after, and we know that, right? I mean, I could sit here and tell you that that the kid Miami uh, just picked up. I'm trying to think of his name now. Uh, bear with me a second, and I will get it for you uh, because there's a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> There's a little bit of uh, um, controversy surrounding his selection too. I, I can't, I can't find his name now. If, if, damn it! I talked about it the other day on the uh, the wake up show. Start it up show. Don't forget to start it up show. Roku only, six a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday, six p.m. Eastern time. Myself and Mac McGrath. I don't have it. Anyway, it's five-star recruit, uh, was going to go to Florida, and now he's going to Miami. Uh, big deal uh, with the Florida people. I could say he's going to be better than Arch Manning. Who knows? Nobody knows until these kids step on the on the field. So, I mean, I, res I respect your opinion to say that, but I don't think there's any way you can say with any authority, or I can say, or anybody can say, that there's three to five quarterbacks in Arch Manning's recruiting class that are better than Arch. I don't know. There could be 20. There could be none. He could be the best. We just don't know. That's the thing. It's a crapshoot. You don't know what these guys will do till they get on the field. Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, I'm so tired of talking at NIL. Every time I turn around, there's another scandal. There's one now. Potentially brewing, another one brewing at Miami. I can tell you that if, if you're going to tell me that the NI deal brought him to Texas, I, I'm going to say 100% that I think you're wrong. I'm not saying you're saying that, John. But if we are saying that, I think you're wrong. Now, the rumors are that the kid who went to Miami, I guess I can find his damn name. There it is, right in front of me. Jaden Rashada. 22 overall rated prospect in a 2023 class. Supposedly, John Ruiz, uh, this very influential booster at Miami, offered him $95 million in NIL money. It had something to do with him changing his uh, mind from Florida to Miami. That would be against the rules. God, I want to get NIL every week. You don't know that either, John. You don't know that. Probably by the time they get there, they're going to have a new they're going to have a new uh, uh, scheduling formula. And if you don't think Texas is going to be oh, twice as good as they are now, or better, two years from now, they're still not going there till twenty twenty five. Maybe that'll change. But if that's the case, then Arch Manning will be in his sophomore year. Or his, uh, well, assuming he plays and doesn't redshirt or anything, he'll be in his junior year. Or will he be a sophomore? I can't do the math. I guess he'd be a sophomore. He'd be 23? No, he'd be playing 23, 24, 25. Yeah, he'd be, a, 
He'd be a junior. And they just got seven top 100 recruits to recruit in, uh, to, to, to commit in the last four days. If they all show up. Yeah. <laughs> NIL. Oh, what do you got there, John? John, I'm totally saying that Arch is going to Texas because no one except maybe the eggs will outbid them. Uh, see, I don't believe that. Again, and I'm the most, and I, I and I may be the most cynical guy about the NIL, and I said what a slippery slope it was in the beginning. I don't think Arch Manning's in Texas because of the money. Arch Manning could have got NIL money wherever he wanted to go. He would have got the money. Plus, he's going to make a boatload of money at the next level. I don't think for a second he chose Texas because they outbid Alabama and they outbid Georgia and they outbid LSU. Now, don't have sour grapes, John, just because he's not wearing, you know, the purple and gold down there. <laughs> the problem is that Texas soft, soft culture, th uh, culture thing so bad there. Well, it's possible. You may be right. Again, I'm not saying Steve Sarkazian is, uh, you know, Daryl Royal. I'm not even saying he's Mac Brown. But he's got the building blocks. And don't forget where Texas was, which is nowhere. Same soft culture you're talking about. When Vince Young came in there in uh, 2002, I think, and Mac Brown was suddenly one of the greatest coaches in college football. So it can happen. Cultures change very quickly when you get a superstar on campus and other superstars start finding their way into the program. And now, as you mentioned, there's other ways to get them there. Listen, I will not tell you that these other guys all came here to play for Arch Manning. And NIL money didn't have anything to do with it. Probably did. When Ryan Day says he needs $13 million next year in NIL money to keep his team together, you know the freaking train is off the tracks. Oh, yeah. I, I know you got probably four quarterbacks better than Arch there, Jan. <laughs> I don't – I really don't know how we can say that. You have – I mean – Arch Manning may be a complete bust. Or he may be the greatest thing ever to hit college college football or basketball. I don't know. But there's no way for us to say here with any authority, with any definitive, uh, there's no definitive way to answer that question until we see him play. Just saying. Oh, I got a Kansas thing up there. You already got your quarterback in the future, and then again, and again, Arch won't live up to the hype. You, again, John, that's a wonderful opinion to have. You just don't have any facts to back it up other than your own intuition, right? I mean, let's at least admit to that. I'm telling you, I think Arch will be one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. He will turn that program in Texas around and he will restore the luster that the Longhorns had seen for many, many uh, decades for prior to the last couple. 
I don't have anything. That's an opinion with no fact to back it up. None. We're entitled to say it. And, you know, that's why they play the games. And that's why we get to have these shows and, and have good debates about it. Because, uh, sorry, what do you got up here, Alan? I'm, I'll go back to John in a second. Kansas had two wins in the Big 12 in the last few years. Both came against Texas. It's irrelevant. That is irrelevant to what I'm talking about. This team, in a week's time, has improved itself for 2023 and beyond better than any college program in the country probably has done in the last six months. Guarantee you, right today, they've got the number one recruiting class in 2023. Off these last few days. And I knew you were talking about Texas. Uh, John could tell me what the problem is in Texas, and you probably don't want me to get into it because it's kind of political. Uh, you can touch on it. We won't dive deep into it. If you want to make a quick uh, general comment, John, I, you know, I'm all right. I'm, look at politics and sports are interchangeable today. This isn't a, I don't like to dive into the politics of sports. I have to now and again. I have my own very strong opinions. I just try to keep them out of here. Well, but when you can't, you know, and, and it's relevant to the conversation. I mean, this isn't gratuitous. You're not just trying to change the subject. And I like the fact that you're warning me. So you can make your comment. Just, you know, I may or may not agree with you. So I'd love to hear it. <laughs> and I, I won't get into a long political debate because that's not what we do here. But you're entitled to put up what you want. I don't censor anybody on this show. I will cut off conversations if I think they're going the wrong way. I had to do it. Um, actually, it's funny. I had to do it on a post that I put up. Um, I was out, you know, for a couple of beers and a bite to eat with my wife Saturday. I put a picture of her and a beer up, and all of a sudden I got two guys talking about politics. Uh, for too many California transplants. Well, that is um, – I get it. I get. I can get. I, I. I think I get the picture you're trying to paint, and maybe that's possible. Living in New York, I wish there were uh, le less New Yorkers here. <laughs> Downstate New Yorkers. Uh, what do you got here? That's what I'm saying. Texas has uh, had a lot of hype built up. What, I mean, again, Alan, you need to refresh me. When there was huge hype, when was her last huge hype around this Texas team? I mean, even with Steve Sarkeesian coming in here, there was no hype that this team was going to win a national championship. I don't even think any many people picked him to win the Big 12. Not in the last decade. They've been a nightmare out there. Tom Herman wrecked, and wrecked what was already wrecked. So I, I'm missing the – I'm again, I understand I'm not in your area, so I don't know what goes on in the, in the papers and the press there. But, you know, I, I, I don't see any – I haven't seen any great uh, jumping on the bandwagon for Texas to be one of the best teams in the country the last bunch of years. 
Yeah, personally, knows three people who have moved out of Austin or the surrounding area because of Californians. Another guy about to move out of Nashville for the same reason. Well, what's going to happen? Is he going to move out of Nashville if I move there from New York? Because I'm thinking about moving to Nashville when I retire or the area. Um, and believe me, I'm not, uh, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure I get to uh, get where you're going. And I'm not that new. I'm not a New York City guy. Upstate is very, um, <laughs> is not the shade that you're thinking, I think, John, if I'm reading what you're putting down here. If I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> so anyway, you can, we can continue this conversation. I'm not going to try to cut it off. It's, you know, this is fine. You'd probably move to Atlanta. Yankees love Atlanta. No, I don't want to go to Atlanta. I got no use for Atlanta, Florida. Well, maybe Florida, but it's too hot, Florida, for me. It's too muggy. I don't like snakes. I don't like bugs. I do like the politics better than I like them here. I'll just say that. Um, what else do we want to talk about here today? John, we can continue this. You don't have to stop. I'm going to try to move on to a couple things. Uh, since we're talking about the uh, SEC, we'll talk about Mike Leach gets an extension. Uh, two years, additional two years, and his salary uh, hike to $5.5 million. Mike Leach has done his usual job, I guess. He's, he's started. He's got this team headed in the right direction. They're fun to watch. Uh, they score a lot of points. They give up a lot of points. And Mike Leach will probably burn his bridges here in another year or two, um, which has been his M.O. He turned Texas Tech into a, really a powerhouse in the, in the Pac, I'm sorry, the Big 12 for a couple of years, a couple, three years. Wore out his welcome. Went and turned Washington State around. Wore out his welcome. What do we got here? <laughs> Atlanta comments funny. I know some good people in Atlanta, but I don't want to live in Atlanta. Uh, locally, there has been. Well, I believe that. When uh, they beat Notre Dame, it was treated like a rebirth of sorts. Look at. I'm talking about not regional hype. Every region has their hype, right? Look, at we're hyping up Miami now, but not to the fact that I think they're going to be in a playoff this coming year. Maybe they will be in the coming years. I don't know. But nationally, and on a local, on a local uh, level, any fan base is going to get worked up when they have a big victory. They bring in a big-name coach. They bring in a big-name recruit. But I don't think on a national level, Texas has been hyped that much. Every year in the Big 12, there's been speculation in Texas until they lose to a team like TCU in Kansas. Well, it probably says more about the league than it says about Kansas, or ten, uh, Texas. I need a tennis racket to kill mosquitoes. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I hate, I hate the bugs, and I hate the snakes even worse. And the alligators, I got to tell you, same thing in South Carolina when I play golf uh, in South Carolina. If I play golf in Florida, if I hit the ball off the fairway, I ain't looking for it because I'm either going to run come face-to-face -face with a snake or an alligator or, or something that I shouldn't have to deal with uh, when I'm on a golf course. 
Leach has a losing record in the SEC. Agreed. But, you know, this team, look, it, you can't, you can't, I don't think you can argue the fact that he's, he's got that team heading in the right direction uh, from where they were when he got there. Uh, this is not a school that's been uh, a year in and year out powerhouse by any means. They've had some good teams. They had some good teams under Dan Mullen. They were only going to get so far. They had some good teams under Jackie Sherrill back in the day. They had some good teams under uh, – ah, crap. Who's the coach, uh, the Alabama assistant that went up there? They had a couple good teams. But, again, they can't can, they can't continue uh, and stay um, and stay consistent. John says – you can honestly tolerate most Yankees if there's not too many of them. Most Californians make my skin crawl. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, John. I think it's I think it's funny. I get it. I get it. You know, I gotta tell you. I, I mean, if you're from the South, <laughs> the Deep South. And you get a bunch of people from California moving in your neighborhood. I got to believe that it's quite a culture shock for both parties. I got to believe. Allen actually lived near Lubbock when Mike Leach uh, had that Texas Tech team in the top five. The death glares I got from Red Raider fans when Oklahoma blew them out when they were number two it was hilarious. Oh, good stuff, guys. What else we got here tonight? You guys, we got 13 minutes left or 12 minutes before I got to start wrapping it up. Um, <laughs> a good show tonight. Um, I got a couple. If you guys don't have any, I got a couple things that we'll chat about that I've seen questions about. Let's let's take a uh, – I thought I had a couple. Let's see what we got. We talked about – you talked about Arch Manning, one of the questions I saw come up um, on some of the message boards around – um, and he's, the mailbag is some of the stuff I get to mind, but they're also from uh, bulletin boards. I see questions about. Um, the one of the questions is interesting uh, from an SEC perspective. We got quite an SEC slant tonight, so maybe I'm becoming an SEC elitist as well. I don't know. Um, is Florida simply no longer capable of recruiting at the level necessary to even think about competing for championships? And I know that the Florida fans have been freaking out over Billy Napier's lack of, uh, you know, having a decent recruiting class. I think he lost his Jaden Rashada, as I said, to Miami after they basically had him locked up. Um, he lost a five-star defensive back um, that was uh, that Florida was perceived to be the uh, front runner for, and A.J. Harris, only he committed to Rich, Rick's uh, Georgia team. I mean, right now, I think if 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 this were final, the twenty twenty three recruiting class were final, um, this would be pretty bad. But national signing day is six months away; it's only June. You know, as we talked about, you know, by June, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, by national signing day, which is six months from now. How many of these kids that we're talking about in the 2023 class with early commitments are going to have, you know, committed and recommitted somewhere else? I'm sorry, uh, decommitted and recommitted somewhere else in the next six months. 
coaches will have been hired and fired before then. So these early recruits, and including Arch Manning and the bunch of guys that have gone to Texas that I talked about, who knows if any of them ever stepped foot on campus? We don't know. What else we got here? John's, John came in at the right time. Uh, let's see. What do you got here, John? Trying to get your comment. I oh, can't seem to stay on it. There we go. Uh, State is more entertaining under Leach for sure. Every team's more entertaining under. They don't. They don't necessarily win and lose big games or win a lot of big games. They lose more than they win. Uh, but if you're talking about heading in the right direction to challenge for a conference title, I'm not saying they're going to challenge. That, that's not what I'm going at all. I just mean improved in the uh, context of Mississippi State and what they have historically been, especially before just before he got there. And who was the guy that I'm thinking of? Uh, I've told you a couple coaches that had some success there. Jackie Sherrill, Dan Mullen. And who's the – God, who's the guy that was the uh, – I think he was an Alabama assistant who went to uh, – I think Mississippi State was his alma mater. I can't think of his name now. Seeing college kids from California and Florida react to snow for the first time is fun to watch. <laughs> uh, I, I could go somewhere there and I won't. Uh <laughs> You know you want to subscribe to the SEC Network so you can watch games like Mississippi. I do have the SEC Network, by the way, uh, John. I watch uh, Paul Feinbaum nearly every afternoon. I have him on uh, on mute uh, while I'm working here in my home office. Um, turn him up when I get an opportunity for a few minutes. Um, and I watch the SEC games uh, that are on there often. So it's a good network. I like it a lot. So I, I and that doesn't necessarily make me an SEC elitist. It just makes me a college football fan. I've got some major pixelation going on behind me here. I don't know what's going on. I think I think my light fell down while we were talking here. Uh, Rick, your wife couldn't get out of the car and take a picture of the gator on the side of the road while in Florida. Wouldn't get out. Sorry, I don't understand her hesitation. Well, I think you know if you ask nicely and then you know gave her a little push, I think that's quite fine. Thank you. Sylvester Croom. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know if it's Crooms or Croom. Um, but, yes, I, I, I think he had a couple of decent years at Mississippi State. And if I'm not mistaken, he might have got run out of town under some strange circumstances when he didn't win. And um, he may have been, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, John, he, he was the first black coach in the SEC Black head coach in, in the SEC. I'm I'm almost positive of that. I could be wrong, uh, but you would know better than I. And uh, <laughs> Paul Feinbaum is a very, very polarizing figure, isn't he? I don't – I watch because I like to, to see some of his little uh, – what his hot takes are going to be and what some of the people – there are so – you got to say there are some interesting folks that call in on that show. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, so I, I watch it for the entertainment value more than anything. So, oh gosh, what else? We got a couple minutes. Let's see if I can find one more interesting. Uh... There was a question on one of these boards about the the college football playoff, and it expanded to eight or twelve. How often do you think uh, a non top four uh, seed would win the entire thing? Um. 
would it be like basketball or even baseball? This year in baseball, uh, Ole Miss was a, basically the last team to get in a tournament and they end up winning the whole thing. Now, you you would think in football that probably won't happen. But there will be teams, and when they come from outside the, the top four seeds, it's probably going to be an Alabama or a Georgia or an LSU or somebody who was you know second best in their conference. And, again, uh, that's going under the premise that when they expand, uh, you will have to have won your conference to be one of those top four seeds. Sherman wasn't fast first black head coach in the SEC. I thought so. I thought every once in a while, I'm like a blind squirrel. You know, I get an acorn now and again, John. I uh, mostly hate legend Joe from Red Bay. <laughs> uh, there are some, I tell you, there are some interesting guys that call in and I got to laugh. I, sometimes I wonder, John, I'm listening. And I wonder if it's a put on, right? Because some of these guys just can't be the real deal. Big 12 prediction from Allen. Very early. <laughs> Oklahoma, shocking. Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas, West Virginia. I'm sorry, Kansas State, West Virginia, Kansas. Eh, you know what I'm going to do here? You're not going to like it. I'm going to flip-flop Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, and I'll give it a rest. Although I think TCU, but you know, if I'm going to give you a sleeper here, by the way, watch out for Texas Tech making some noise in the conference. Watch out for Texas Tech. There's another Paul Feinbaum hater. Outside top four winner, maybe. No, but think about it, Jen. I think you could see more than that because remember, outside the top four, you're going to have if Alabama, uh, I guess you'd have to look at, uh, you know, some of the teams that were in the playoff the last four years but wouldn't have been top four seats because they didn't win their conference. Well, maybe that's not – yeah, like like Alabama this year. Alabama didn't win, I know, but they had a chance. You're going you're gonna to have somebody every year that's second best in their conference of the, in the power fives, Right. Maybe doesn't win the national. Maybe doesn't win their conference championship game, but still makes the playoff. An Ohio State loses the Big Ten championship. Um, Alabama, LSU, as I said before, you know they don't get so they don't get a top four ranking, but they they could be a top four team in the country, or have the ability to certainly win. So I think it'll happen more than you think, just because you're going to have really good teams in that five, six, seven, and eight spot. I think, depending on how it's set up. I, I, good. I'm glad to know because if not, it would be debatable how far south I would consider moving. I would flip Oklahoma with anyone. It would be Baylor. No. I, I just look at I, I I got this thing for Oklahoma State. And I think Mike Gundy is just one of the most underrated coaches in the country, by the way. Um, and I do think this team um, has a pretty good chance. I think their offense is going to be much better this year. And I think they bring back a lot of the defense. So I think there's going to be a good chance for them to uh, to uh, finish this off maybe this year. Let's try to tie up the West Point. I, it's funny, Rick. I got the uh, 
because my guys disappeared on me for tickets. So I was looking at uh, tickets uh, just today. Um, I, I, and I think I posted in our little group chat that we're looking at either uh, Georgia State on October 1st or Texas San Antonio on uh, September 10th. And we can get tickets. I need to know how many guys are going. I'll get the tickets. Um, I think they're 50 bucks a piece. That's it. $54. Well, now they're starting to go up a little bit. Um, but I can get in 11. That's 121. We'd be upstairs. But again, there's not really bad seats there. Uh, now I'm not seeing these $54 tickets. Well, we'll talk about it. Now the tickets are starting to go up a little bit. I should have done this when I looked at it yesterday. Uh, all right. We got to get out of here pretty quick. Uh, keep in mind that the top four will get uh, a buy and the rest will have to play an extra game. That's a very good point. Again, it depends on how many teams there are, right? Um, if there's eight teams, I don't think there'll be any buys. Um, if there's 12, there certainly will be. I still am in favor of 16, no buys. New defensive coordinator for Oklahoma State, and you still have Spencer Sanders at quarterback. I think Spencer Sanders may be one of the most improved players in the country coming up this year. Watch out. And, John, let me get your comment in here last, and we got to get out of here. Do you know what point uh, – do you know what the point of the 12-team playoff is? To sell. <laughs> we want a playoff game, false hope fan base. I get it. I get it. I just like it. I like to see teams get a chance. I like to root for underdogs. We'll see what happens, John. Guys, thanks for tuning in. You guys have done a great job tonight with college. We'll see you next week right here with more college football. Next week, we may have Larry Sorensen back in. Good stuff, John. Thanks for popping in. Rick, Alan, thank you. All of you that see this later on, thanks a lot. All the good fun you shared. Keep it going. TGI Sports, college football, right here on Northeast Street Sports.